Hello, this is LW No Lie. Welcome to the Stuck Stops Here. I'm here with Tammy, and today's episode is called Come On Baby, Gaslight My Fire. Here we go. It's very nice to meet you. You can call me blame. Happy August. Uh, had to throw the doors in there somewhere in that oh, title. My favorite band. Yep. I'm not as cool as Jim Morrison, but I'm sure as hell going to try. <laughs> and I'm more alive than him, too. Oh, that's for sure. <laughs> All right. I'm going to start with a quote. Are you ready? Ready. Go ahead. Quote by Shannon Weber. It is not okay for someone to treat you poorly and pretend it didn't happen, making you quest, question your own grasp on reality. This dynamic is called gaslighting. It's a common tactic of abusers to shift the focus of the blame from their bad behavior onto the person they are victimizing. One important side effect of gaslighting is having your memory black out after a fight because your brain is trying to protect you from the cruelty of the abuse, which results in not being able to remember how an argument started. You may start to internalize the idea that there was something wrong with you and that you did something to provoke the situation as you are increasingly beaten down and confused. End quote from Shannon Weber. So you're saying that the victim of the gaslighting is the one that has the black, that their memory blacks out? Correct. Uh, the gaslighting, the term was taken from a 1940s movie in which a husband um, intentionally tried to make his wife feel like she was insane. So he would hide her jewelry and he would hide her, um, all of her things and misplaced things and said, um, no, uh, you put it there. And eventually she, I think, like was committed or somebody pointed out that she wasn't crazy. And, but the whole dynamic of the movie certainly uh, captures what gaslighting is. So let me describe it. It's a nasty communication habit. It's repeated statements that make someone doubt their own feelings or perceptions. And it is very commonly used by emotionally abusive parents. It is the use of deflection and distraction and blame for the abuser to hide the truth um, and benefit at making else someone feel responsible. Um, when a parent mentally abuses the child by gaslighting, the child believes that they are crazy. And that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, usually doing a lifetime of damage. And trust me, I know. Children need to learn to trust themselves and their instincts. And when they are falsely told that what they see, hear, or feel isn't real, that leads to a lifetime of 
pretty deep, well-entrenched self-doubt. And they lose the ability to think for themselves and or don't give themselves the permission to exercise the ability to think for yourself. And I am living proof how destructive that is. So tell us, tell um, us some examples of like how you were gaslighted. Okay. So uh, some examples that I endured um, that's also common uh, for most families, particularly with uh, narcissistic parents. Um, they tell you what you like and do, don't like. And that was certainly my mother. Um, so, you know, what do you mean you don't like the beach? You went to the beach last week. Um, they take away your power to decide for yourself. Yeah, well, I went to the beach last week and I didn't like it. Uh, I mean, I liked it then, but I don't really want to go again. You know, you're allowed to feel that way. And they take away the right for you to, to say that or feel that. So like, oh, I'm supposed to like the beach. I should like the beach. Remember our uh, podcast on should? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. So um, again, telling you what you like or don't like or what you should like and shouldn't like. So even though that's a Another, pretty harmless example, um, I can see correct. where it leads to a to larger um, self doubt where you don't really know what you think anymore. You 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 know you constantly. So if you if you go correct, I mean think about death by a thousand cuts. If you're told that you're supposed to like the beach, you're supposed to like vegetables, you're supposed to want to go shopping, you um, why don't you you know like to do this? Why don't you like to do that? Why don't you watch this TV show? Why do you hang out with them? Why do you, you know, not hang out with this person? You know, it's, uh, um, it's constant. So now, even though I gave you some benign examples over time, those benign examples leave a really big hole. So, um, you know, that, that's actually, just telling... that actually brings up a familiar memory for me because I remember as a kid, uh, my mother would always tell me who to like and who not to like. And most people that yeah, most course. people that I met that I would like and say, oh, I like this person. I want to be their friend. She would shoot it down. She said, no, no, that person's just using you or no, that that person is not good for you or whatever. And it took me a very long time to learn how to make my own judgments and my own decisions about people and things. So I definitely, that rings hey. really true for me. Uh, it should, when I say should, it probably does for a lot of people. Now I said it's typical of narcissistic parents and that's very common, but it's common for toxic parents, whether they fall under the umbrella of uh, addiction or codependency um, or any kind of uh, personality disorders uh, of any kind. Um, gaslighting is typically used to deflect responsibility and it makes the kid feel very overly responsible. Um, other examples of gaslighting that will, you know, sort of tie into uh, why it is so destructive is... Uh, pushing boundaries. 
So from a very young age, um, and my mother did this, is uh, the abusive parent um, refuses to acknowledge that, you know, there's a point at which they end and a child begins and the child's individuality needs to be respected. Um, And the child is supposed to be an extension of the parent in likes, dislikes, behavior, and moods. So if you're, you know, when my mother was in a mood, and it could have been um, a lot of times her frustration with her uh, deafness, um, I was forced to align myself and immerse myself into that mood, regardless of what I wanted, what I was feeling, what I needed at that moment. So you're saying that, that her expectation of you was to be that extension of her. Right. Correct. That was, that's not really yep. that's not the way it should be. That's what their expectation was. That parent that you and should that, like another way and of hate saying what they like yes. Yes. Pushing the boundaries is you're a mini me. Right. So um, I had that, too. Actually, so, my mom always wanted me to dress like her. She used to uh, wear a lot of high heels and dresses, and I wasn't into dresses at all. I wanted to be a, you know, I was uh, more like a motorcycle gang person, <laughs> the way I wanted to dress. And she wanted me a little, <laughs> to be a little mini version of her, and I did not want to. It was a source of many fights. <laughs> uh, same here, same here. Um, and it does lead to different expressions of rejection as a result of that. Um, And there's different degrees and spectrums of rejection. Some are more painful than others. Um, But as a kid, let me interrupt for a second, because as a kid, you're allowed to interrupt anytime. Oh, thank you. Um, How can you know when you're young, you know, you're like 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, how can you know that your opinion is, is right? How can you know that, how can you be strong enough to know that when your parents says something to you, you know, they're, they might be gaslighting or they might be, you know, code, doing the codependent thing. Um, you don't know. You're just a kid. So you look up to them. Everything that your parents do and say is supposedly right. So it's very difficult when you're young and you don't know any better. It's impossible, which is why um, you have a lot of behavior disorders that get repeated and uh, emphasized. So I'll throw out things. You you know, when you're a codependent, um, as, a, as a young kid, uh, you're high, typically highly anxious. Um, making friends, you tr- making friends, establishing relationships, knowing what you want, uh, feeling comfortable in your own skin, pursuing interests that actually nurture your soul. So then you start to need to soothe that pain and you look for very toxic ways to soothe that pain. It could be eating disorders. It could be substance abuse. It could be just overall destructive behavior in different ways, getting involved with a bad crowd. But you don't even know. You don't even know why you're looking to soothe. You You don't know what you want to soothe even. You just know you need to soothe something. And, and w- let's say a mother is even smart enough to get the kid into therapy, you know, to say, okay, you, you fix her, you know. How is the therapist supposed to say to the kid, oh, your parents are emotionally abusing you? What, what's a kid? They don't have anything. Right. There are no options. I mean, one of my secret, you know, unrealized passions is teaching 
uh, an emotional intelligence course at a bare minimum freshman year in college. Because now that the kid's out of the house, you can start introducing other ways of looking at the world. Um, my youngest took a uh, some sort of uh, self-love class, you know, and it sort of touched on little things that we touch on here, but not quite specific. It wasn't bad, just was a different direction. She loved the course, mm-hmm. you know, and she's like, you know, I got a, I got a little ego boost out of it. She'd come home and say, yeah, they were talking about this and you told me that. Nice. And I'm like, does that, I was like, does that make me smarter than your teacher? <laughs> she laughed. Well, you know what? That is a real, that's a real kudos moment. You know, my, I remember my daughter took a course in high school um, like that as well. It was like the love course or whatever. And it was all about positive psychology. And she would come home and say, hey, I, I learned today about this. And you told me about that. That's a real kudos moment right there. That's great. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Candy covered chocolate chip kudos, please. <laughs> and applause for you. Yes. <laughs> so, no, but the, 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 the point really was, I think these type of classes in a high school level, which would be, in my opinion, challenging, but as freshman year and college level should be mandatory. But then you, so the you, right person. Right. So you go, so you're in high school, you go home every day yeah. to the same parents, no matter what you learn, yeah. you're still in that toxic environment. Then you go to college, you're away, you learn this stuff, but then you come home for Thanksgiving and what, what happens? The shit hits the fan. Suddenly you see your yes parents no. differently. You know, as I've always said, I'm not, I have no clinical training. I'm certified in nothing, but my perception would be if they hear another way of looking at things in a safe environment, you know, and I think in a big classroom um, and not sitting in front of a therapist by yourself, I think you might be more open to saying, oh, so that's why they do that. Maybe it's not my fault. Maybe I could look at this in a different way. Maybe I don't have to react. Maybe the fact that I'd rather wear Birkenstocks instead of, stilettos is okay. Yeah. I love that idea. I think that you're you're reaching a a larger audience that way and you're catching it um, fairly early, I guess, for for the kids once they're out in the world. I love that idea. I think it's great. See, my my whole theory, um, my non-clinical, non-training-based theory, is that if they can undo some of the damage before they choose a life partner of some kind, and have kids with that life partner, then they can minimize some of that toxic behavior being passed on. That is amazing. You would cha- you, you change just, uh, the world with that. That's my. That's one of my you know secret dreams. Although I just said it on a podcast, I don't know how secret it is now. I love it. Make <laughs> it come to fruition. I like it a lot. It's a great idea. So I hope so. So back to, I, I really want to um, continue with the examples of glass lighting so people can start to understand if they're experiencing it with their significant others, their parents, or professionally. Yes. So we said, you know, telling you what you do and you don't like, pushing the boundaries. Next one is dismissing your unhappiness. So it's one thing to solve a problem, and then it's another to, to tell someone there's no problem to begin with. That's denial. So that absolutely. 
but it's so, coming from but um, instead of coming from the person that's unhappy it's coming from your uh parents your your leaders your 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 people who are saying oh you're not unhappy you you didn't feel that right yeah my uh, you know i was unhappy most of the time um, and most of the time i would just swallow it and pretend but the few times that you know you know it wasn't working they didn't know what to do so they were both paralyzed by ignorance um as well as laziness um as well as denial so um they didn't want to deal and they couldn't deal i mean they were 13 year olds themselves picture you walking up to your 13 year old daughter and sitting down and saying i have a problem what would the 13 year old do you know they they wouldn't know what to do no, so it's that kind so um it invalidates why you're feeling bad so you think there's something wrong with you for feeling bad no there are certain situations and certain experiences that do make you feel bad and you need to talk it out and sort it out and learn how to you know respond to what's happening or whatever's upsetting you not told that it shouldn't be upsetting you in the first place i mean what are you talking about right so you start to question your sanity if you feel bad and it's invalidated you must there must be something wrong with you for feeling bad so the more often you feel bad the more you think there's something wrong with you and then you start to feel crazy um all of that happened to me so uh another manipulative gaslighting tactic giving surprise gifts um is you give a gift to a child and then randomly take it away um so uh this did not happen to me um but uh once appreciation is shown then the gaslighter uses it as like sort of a push pull to abuse tactic cuz then they take it away so it's you give pleasure when you give the gift and then you give pleasure when you take it away because you're uh and you know you're enforcing control well who gets um, the pleasure when you take it away the parent you know or the bu- the abuser let me just yeah the abuser says you know um because they get pleasure out of exercising control regardless mm. that it's so coming it's a control it's a control sickly. tactic yes so that's uh, another example i did not experience that mine was i get a gift but it was to uh conditional could yeah it was conditional like i had to do this i had to behave and um i had to give her attention whatever it was it was always conditional so that's different than um what the gaslighting does cuz that gaslighting gift giving they take it away um and then you create that fear of uh, uh strange fear of the kid losing something or getting anything uh taken away from you so you don't learn to enjoy gifts so th- th- you know that's a pretty horrible joy to lose uh, yeah. as a kid yeah um another thing is uh projecting suspicion onto the child um suspicious negative people um you know take their own fears and paranoia and they project it on to the child um my my parents did that is they were very um uh, negative uh, you know everybody was out to screw them um people going to let you down uh they're bad they wouldn't necessarily say like evil just more um 
don't be friends with them. Right. Uh, or don't trust or them. this person. Right. Don't trust them. They looked at me cross-eyed. They hurt my feelings, you know? So this twisted perception that nobody can be trusted and this becomes a reality and the child is perpetually suspicious. And that itself adds a layer of uh, negativity, of pain, of anger, of rage, um, that they need to find something to suit. Um, Ideally, as parents, we want to instill in our kids uh, positivity and and like a good general good feeling about people and the world rather than this paranoid, everyone's out to get you kind of attitude. Yes, um, the they we are supposed to see things for what they are. You know, if if somebody is, let's say somebody's, you know, being really nasty to you, well, there's something wrong with them. There's not something wrong with you, but you're taught gaslighting uh, tactics teach you to think that there's something wrong with you based on what other people are doing. And that is the polar opposite way, of we sh- the way, way that we should be living. Sure. So, yeah, um, the other one, well, I call this the uh, my way and the wrong way. So another example of gaslighting, my way or the wrong way, that they abuse their so-called godlike position simply because they're parents. Um, That's my way, like my way or highway, right? Exactly. They, you are never right. They don't listen to anything you have to say. It could be about any topic. Good. It could be, it doesn't matter whether it's about your job, your friends or politics. Um, your perceptions, your statements, how you feel, your points of view are not valid. So again, as you get older in, shall we say, the workplace or at a party or in some sort of social engagement, um, if you're always wrong, how can you enjoy yourself and just be? If you did raised to believe that anything you have to say is not important, and anything you feel should be questioned. How do you enjoy yourself? How do you like fit in? How do you operate in a healthy, functional way? You can't. It's a very, it's very invalidating. Yeah, it is. Um, the uh, other thing that they talk about is uh, when you fight back verbally, you're being too sensitive. I never said that. These are false statements. So it's a, an, a, I guess they can call it an attack and a retreat. I didn't say that. You're too sensitive. I didn't mean that. You took it the wrong way. So they don't have to take any. And my stepdad did this constantly. Um, and this, you know, this, it's just really sometimes pisses me off when I think about at eight, nine, 10, 12. 13, 14, how many times you'd say, you know, oh, that was just a joke. Um, and, and he gave him power to absolve himself of the abusive statements and make me feel crazy. So that is a continuation of undermining my ability or the child's ability to trust their instincts. Yeah. And just well, again, and just because it's funny, oh, I'm just being funny. It's just a joke. Doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. Right. Um, and uh, another 
bitter irony example of gaslighting is they expect you to control how you feel. They don't have to. You do. Um, so they will say, you know, um, you can control your response to what I do. I had a bad day at work. So deal with it. Well, that's very disrespectful. Um, and we are not machines, you know, whose feelings should be turned on or off. And we don't turn them on or off based on what's convenient for you. But we're taught, we're raised to do the opposite. So I was only, not only, I was only allowed to feel something when it worked for them, but even when I did feel something, when it was work for them, they undermined it and they questioned it and ridiculed it. So it's a, it's a, a no-win situation. And, and I think I call it a beating that you can't see. Mm. It's invisible. Uh, these are invisible. Everything I'm talking about here leaves invisible bruises. Yeah. So um, that's a, a, the bottom line is a parent is supposed to make a child feel better using reality-based and logical techniques and a warm style of communicating that allows them to feel what they feel, but process it in a way that helps them cope in the future and as adults. It's, it's I would call it an emotional skill set. And gas uh, and gaslighting kills any ability to develop an emotional toolkit that you can use as adults. Gaslighting just teaches us toxic coping strategies that paralyze us and cripple us as adults. And I'm queen of that. Um, and then very can. often, very often, yeah. we uh, take that behavior and then we do it to other people because we don't know any better. We do it to other people we and we make bad, yes, we do it to other people. We make bad decisions. We blame um, everyone else because we got blamed. We repeat what we don't repair. And, you know, to just elaborate a little further on lifelong consequences, um, it's one of the toughest things to deal with in a relationship, no matter who that relationship is with, is it strips, gaslighting strips children of any confidence they have and leaves them with an inability to fight back. And this great big ball of frustration just sitting there churning inside. And you need to do something about that because it's just sitting there eating you from the inside out. And that's where um, behavior disorders come in, substance abuse comes in, poor life choices, uh, you know, take over. You know, a child is defenseless against the world. There's a the parents are supposed to protect them. When the parent is behaving like the enemy, that causes lifelong damage. That's very, very hard to undo, which is one of my you know, reasons for wanting that you know, college level class is you can sort of stop that vicious cycle or minimize the severity of it if you start to acquire the emotional 
skills that you were never taught really, really hard. Um, and, you know, when you gasoline teaches you that you never feel like you're good enough. So you either flunk or um, you become a perfectionist. Flunking or perfectionizing your life, both are just as toxic. Two extremes. Um, two extremes, two very understandable reactions to a big and all too common problem. So um, by taking the blame for everything, um, you grow up not trusting anybody um, because you learn not to trust your adults, trust adults. They blamed you, so you don't trust anybody and you blame everyone else. And it's a toxic cycle that's hard to get out of. And it's a lonely existence um, too when you don't trust people. It's a very lonely existence. Well, well it's funny when you think... Um, when you think about going through daily life, whether you're at work or you're on the soccer field with your kids or at a, you know, a wedding shower, it doesn't matter where it is. All these, what I would say, you know, thousands and thousands of little cuts influence how you interact. And if you, you are using toxic coping strategies as a result of being gaslighted as a kid, as an adult, that is very destructive in your life. And you will look for anything to numb that pain, to self-soothe, because you don't know what else to do. You weren't taught. So let me and, ask you uh, this. That's a very sad thing. What happened when you first realized that you were a victim of gaslighting? What did you do? I got really pissed off for a really long time. So I've mentioned a lot the grieving process for mourning the loss of people who are still alive. It was, to me, a knife, several knives. Every time I would read something from the experts that, you know, I have on my website, um, every time I would read something or hear something, and acknowledge the the pain that that caused and the damage that caused it was tough and this is one of the hard parts about healing is i didn't feel better the aha moments brought clarity but they also brought pain so it was liberating to understand why but crushing to realize what I endured and what I have lost because of it. But it is worth it because I'm in a much better place now than I was a few years ago. So that's why I would say everyone, even though it's not linear and the grieving process is hard, it's worth it because once you get through that, it's like, you know, Surviving a storm and then cleaning up all the branches out of your yard. You know, the sun does shine again, but it's, it's, a, it's a process, but it's absolutely worth it. It's worth the work. I say it all the time. Worth the work. It's necessary because work. You took your power back. You do take your power back by realizing you actually don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> right. So meaning you, you can't control what other people are doing to you or trying to do to you. You cannot. All you can control 
is how much you're going to let it eat at you. And by saying, I'm not going to let it eat at me, that's where the power lies. That's where, that's where the power is. But that's, that's, a, that's an acquired skill because we weren't taught. Right. So um, that um, is all I have to say about, come on, baby, gaslighting my fire. Gaslight my fire. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I want to thank you, Tammy. Um, well, I so enjoy doing this podcast with you and our uh, next episode. Maybe we. Uh, yeah, it'll we'll be in two weeks. No, it'll be two weeks. Two weeks? Yes, we'll I'm definitely going to be two weeks. Episode nine. And uh, this, is, this concludes this episode of The Stuff Stops Here. Thank you, everyone. Talk soon.